0: just go to cars.com It's magical. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here, Darren over there. Welcome to this Saturday, week one of the college season, official week one. And if you're watching college football and taking time out to watch us, we appreciate it greatly. I'm sure there's some kick-ass games going on. I want to congratulate Drewster on his first victory of the season. And Ted is watching his Ohio State Buckeyes do the same. Congratulations, boys. The Texas Longhorns are playing here. Can I watch it? No. It's only on Longhorn TV this week. So, oh well. Stuff happens. But we're not here to talk college football. We're here to talk Minnesota Vikings. And with that, we have three themes today. Our first one is the Vikings 53. Cutdowns were made by Tuesday at 3 o'clock Central, as per NFL dictates. There were some trades. There were some cuts. There were some surprises. There were some unconventional things going on. We're going to discuss those here in a little bit. Then in our second theme, we're going to ask is, who's going to start at defensive end opposite of Dalvin Tomlinson? One of those moves and trades that Quasi made was to get rid of Armand Watts and trade for Ross Blacklock. Is he the starter? We'll see. And then our final theme is, how do you like Quazy now? It was absolutely a fun week, full of trades, different things going on, absolutely some of it we didn't expect. Some of it we did, of course. And uh, it was wild. Why did he do what he did? We'll discuss those today, right after this. Time in the pocket. David Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents two old bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here again. Darren over there. How are things up in the Great White North, Darren? Enjoying a beautiful
1: Labor Day weekend here, David. It's going to be going to be nice. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I'm more thinking, even though it's nice to have the day off on Monday, I'm really really. All my thoughts, or most of my thoughts, are about Vikings on next Sunday.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and as most people know, we start next Saturday with our pre-game shows, and next Saturday should be a good one. So, we will get to that. Now, let's get on with the show. And for today, we named the show, scroll, scroll, scroll. How do you like Quasi now? This will be our overall theme of today. And it's a good question because uh, some of the unexpected things that have happened.
1: You can't uh, say that Quasi hasn't been working hard, David. That's one thing. You cannot say that.
0: (laughs) He has. All right, on to theme one. All right, Tuesday, he set the roster. And I'm going big screen here. I know the lettering, small, sorry, people. It is what it is. Get out your bifocals or whatever. Yes, but here is the roster. And you can see I've got it divided by who's on the team, then the practice squad, and those that were cut. If you want to see this, as an image in detail, let me know and I will post it to Daily Norseman tomorrow.
1: And I think even color coded uh, it, like, um, like last week, where, where like, like, uh, didn't you, don't you have like who we had making the team and who, mm-hmm. yep. who had so making the team? there are different, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was. Uh, thanks for doing that. That's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it made it easier to see. If you could see it in one spot, and like I said, if you want it, I'll post it on Daily Norseman tomorrow so you can look at it in detail. First things first. Uh, getting down to the 53, the biggest surprise cut seemed to be of this man, Mr. Armon Watts.
1: Armand Hammer Watts. And Drew just said, I want a T-shirt of the day. And it's like even color coordinated Jimi Hendrix experience. Are you experienced? So thanks for noticing, Drew. Hendrix was Hendrix was is was and is the man. But anyway, uh yeah, Armand Watts, like like 50 Vikings had to get down to the final 53 on Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh they did so. Uh you and I took a crack at who we thought were gonna make the, the Vikings team and who was not. Last week we got a lot right. Uh, we got some wrong, uh, and there was some unexpected a couple of unexpected things, and this was one of them. This was probably the biggest surprise to me, a bit of a shocker that Armand Hammer Watts, who we both had being one of the starting DEs for months, and we find out he gets cut, waived on Tuesday. Shocker. Um, we're like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, like what are the Vikings doing? And then it was actually Ted had mentioned on the Galhorn site, he said everybody this is a move to make a move so let's wait and see what happens and the move that they made was trading for ross blacklock um and and we to replace armand watts basically on the roster anyway um but big of a big surprise because uh watts was a guy uh he had a pretty good 2021 uh five sacks um and uh and you know, uh, I think he had nine tackles for a loss. Uh, Twenty-six years old, still on, on the last year of a pretty reasonable rookie deal. But the Vikings just got rid of him, waived him, and they replaced him with a guy, or they on the rosters, roster spots, replaced by Ross Blacklock. Disappointing in two years with the Texans, only started two games there. Last year was better than his rookie year, which was a bit of a disaster on the field-wise. And if you look at um, and if you look at their pro football focus grades, again, not gospel, I think we have to say this every time, but at least it gives us, you know, a little bit of an idea of what these players may have, how they may have performed the last year. Uh, Armand Watts' grades the last two years are far better than Blacklock's. So, uh, you know, why did the Vikings do this? Um, you know, really, a lot of it might just be, my theory is that uh, Don Hotel wasn't really impressed with Armand Watts in his run defense and setting an edge. And um, and so he decided we need somebody better on that side than Armon Watts. I don't think he was really liked. it uh, didn't feel that Watts was a good fit for a three four as a as a DE. Uh, Watts is a better fit as an interior pass rushing defensive tackle. And now he's been picked by the Bears and will be facing us twice. And they've gone from a three four to a four three. So mm. uh, I think I think that you know Ed Donatel felt Watts is. Not a good fit for the defense I'm running. Uh, I'm going to – I like this Blacklock kid. We've got an opportunity to get him. Let's bring him in.
0: Um, what I was I thinking, th- that's, yeah. that, that's all quite possible, and we'll get into further depth into the theme too, too, as to why Blacklock, Bullard, Watts, why they are, who they are, where they're placed, and all that, and how – Ed Donatel wants to use them. But one of the possible reasons for this trade is to free up cap space. In the process, I know you're sitting there shaking your head. In the process, by removing Watts, that was almost 2.5 million off the books. Now, gaining Blacklock, the net is only about 1.4 right now the Vikings as it sits per OTC and uh, uh, sport track are anywhere between three and two and a half million available in cap space which is really 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 close yeah um that doesn't give you any sort of basically rainy day fund and it also precludes the trades without renegotiating other contracts um coming up in the future but It's really, really close, and it bought them space. That was my first impression when I heard the news that it is a money, more of a money move than a quality of player move. It may be that the players, whether it be Blacklock or Bullard, play better in this scheme than Watts may have, but I think... I thought the motivation was more money-generated. I may be wrong. Who knows? But I do think it was at least part of the consideration.
1: Yeah, Dave, I would you're probably right and that was a combination of things the fact that they could save a little bit on the cap when the cap space is tight it doesn't hurt i just i don't feel that that could have been like the the overriding factor because you know just over right. one million doesn't seem like enough to get rid of a guy who is a promising player who i think had more to i felt had more to, to give as a player but um he's gone the, the thing that was also puzzling besides the fact that they cut him was, well, the fact that they cut him and, and didn't think he was, you know, uh, 53 worth, worthy was that uh, like Armand Watts, I think considering the year he had last year, he must've, I would feel that he would have some trade value, a guy like that. And they just let him go and they didn't get any compensation for him at all. Meanwhile, we're trading and we're not trading away much. We're trading, you know, seventh rounders. And then we get a seventh rounder and we trade that. Right. But I, you know, I just One, felt that we could have got yeah. years out uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I felt the end and who knows what will happen we one or two years out you can with the amount of horse trading that goes on in the later rounds you probably get that back anyway by trading back or trading or, you know uh, free agents that get signed with other teams you'll get a compensate compensate common centauri pick in the 7th round blah 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 but yeah i just felt that it was kind of weird that that watts who's a quality player uh did they maybe they tried and they couldn't get anything for him i just kind of find that hard to believe that some team like the bears you think would have even given up mm-hmm. a 6th a 5th something for for arm watts and we got nothing for him and well, then ended that- up trading away trading away assets you know draft capital to get blacklock uh, so uh that was does bit, that
0: indicate know. maybe a last second decision and not enough time to generate trade interest.
1: It possibly does day because yeah, like if 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 it was if they made the decision at two thirty p.m. central time and and you got three p.m. is when you got to get down the fifty three that gives you half an hour to get work the phones and maybe you can do that in the draft uh, when everybody's there but maybe it's not so easy when everybody's got ca- cut down day and they're trying to get figure out who they're keeping and not keeping and they're busy waving guys and just who like gonna crazy see? yeah yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that, but but so there was that. Uh, so Armand Watts, surprise, less of a surprise, but still a surprise was the other main cut was Emir Smith Marset getting cut. Um, you know, I felt that he looked pretty good in preseason. He's really improved compared to where he was last preseason when where he was pretty much useless, and and. uh it was looking like he was going to be our starting punt returner. You know, I felt pretty good about where he was as a wide receiver, not so much where he was as a punt returner. Um, but, you know, but after they made the Jalen Rager trade, which was a sp- surprise itself, they, uh, you know, they made the decision to get rid of Amir Smith-Marset. And, uh, oh, uh, we got That's talk. a lot,
0: Anthony, if they're asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no way at all.
1: Considering the level of play he was at last mm-hmm. year. But um but yeah, um hey, I you know what Amir Smith Mars said, that was a bit of a surprise, the fact that they kept Jalen Naylor even over him. Um and Amir Smith Marset was going to be our looked like our, our fourth wide receiver with BC Johnson going down. But I, I don't think that they would have made this move if they if Keenan McCardell, the Vikings wide receiver coach, wasn't on board with it. We know Keenan McCardell uh we, or we've heard that he was very pounded the table during the draft day for Jalen Naylor. Uh, so if Keenan McCardell was on board with trading for Jalen Rager, cutting Amir Smith-Marset than I am too uh I guess that's that's where it comes to and and we'll kind of get into this a little bit later on about the 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 pros and cons to bringing in Rager as opposed to cutting Amir Smith-Marset so that was the the two big surprises Mm -hmm. the only other really surprise for me a slight surprise not a big surprise was that they cut Blake Lynch and uh I like Blake Lynch. He made some plays when he played last year. Not the biggest linebacker. Maybe they didn't feel he was a good fit. I like him more than Troy Dye, who they kept. But in the grand scheme of things, not really a big deal. And all the other cuts that were made: David, you know, the Kellen Monds, the Wyde Davises, the Zach Davidsons, the Jalen Twyman's, the T.J. Smiths, etc., etc., etc. No big surprises there. I had Mond Some of these guys. making. Yeah, I had Mon making the team as a third quarterback, but as the week went on, it looked like that wasn't happening, and it didn't happen. We were going to try to put him onto the practice squad, but he got picked up by the Browns. Uh, good luck to him there. Uh, maybe Kevin Stefanski can get more out of him than we did here. But uh, anyway, again, no great loss. Uh, T. Y. McGill, he was a, uh, initially him getting cut was a bit of Big surprise to me. But then we learned the ankle injury. They're putting him on the IR. He's done for the year. So if he hadn't have been put on the injured reserve, would he have made
0: the team? It's hard to say right now. Uh, but um, yeah. We both, but, I thought so, that he would have I been thought, that sixth interior defensive lineman. Um, but they stuck him on IR with no chance of return. The only thing is he may get healthy in. He's supposedly got a high ankle sprain uh, in six weeks, two months, whatever. And at that point, there you'll probably see a release for injury settlement where he gets paid those weeks' yeah. worth of his salary. Then he becomes a complete free agent and can not sign for the rules back with the Minnesota Vikings. So, for I, don't, all, know more, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what more – Yeah, I don't know what more –
1: yeah, I don't know what more he could have done to make the team in the two games that he played and in the in the in the it's training exhausting. camp that he had, where where his name kept being brought up. But again, uh, I think uh, the the coaching staff, the defensive coaching staff, Quacy Adolfa Mensa, maybe they felt like T. Y. McGill is in his eighth season. He's jumped around. This is as good as he's going to get. He's not a starter. The upside isn't there. We're going to take guys with more upside in most of the cages and then keeping a T.Y. McGill, who's a journeyman who's, you know, his development is, again, what we've seen against backups is the best we're going to see out of him. So that, that may have been, you know, maybe he wouldn't have made the team any, even if he hadn't had a high ankle sprain. Uh, But, but yeah, so that's, I think the you know so the cutting down to the 53 not a whole lot of surprises but there you know there were you know there were no surprises that we made uh, the surprises that were 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 surpri- you know big surprises I think in a way uh, but um you, you know it's been brought up by Vi- other Viking fans so far like the kind of the overall thing to notice about the whole cut to 53 was the the major major call that Kwasi Adolfva mensa did with Rick Spielman's 2021 draft, like he got rid of seven guys from oh. of the eleven from the 2021 yep. draft, and he also kept nine of his ten draft picks from the 2022. And now, did Jalen Naylor or uh, you know Asazi Otomaweo? Did either of those guys really do a whole lot in preseason training camp to deserve being you know on the squad as opposed to some of the other guys that got cut? I would say no but if you're a first year GM, this was your first draft and you start cutting three or four guys from that draft in your first draft, people are going to start asking some questions, you know, about like, you know, do you really know what you're doing? And yeah. so, uh, and so it, where it was kind of a coin flip or maybe slightly would have given the edge to somebody like uh, somebody from last year, making the team over some of his draft picks. I, you know, obviously Quasi Dovements and the coaching staff decided to go with their guys as opposed to, Spielman, and Zimmer's guys from previous years, and you're going to see more and more in that. I think as the next next off season and the off season following occurs, like there's going to be more of a churn on the bottom end of the roster and some of the top end of the roster too, of guys that weren't picked by Quasi Adofa Mensa and weren't given the blessing by this coaching staff. And uh, yeah, it's going to be like a like it'll be a totally different roster in two years time from what it is right now. Probably,
0: I agree. And especially some of as. Not only on the bottom churns out, but the top, as you said, when they start needing cap space, which they'll need some next year, how they make that and how some older players are, you know, thanked for their service and released so that they can generate that cap space to bring on new players and draft new people and rebuild the squad in their vision, right? Versus the zimmer spielman vision
1: and and yeah like the, the one of the things that was mentioned after free agency was that you know when everybody was expecting a blow up of the roster and there really wasn't one and they're like well you know there there really isn't a whole lot of difference in this Vikings roster compared to the one in 2021 so why do you think that you know again what's quasi adolf mensa really doing there well we're starting to see with the 53 what he's doing and uh and yeah and we'll get into that more
0: in a couple of uh, in a few minutes yep and theme 3 thomas asked about let's get into the regular talk we'll get more of that in the theme 3 and in theme two, which is next, laid on the buttons today. There we go. First thing we're going to do is to talk about the Russ Ross. I keep wanting to say Russ Ross Blacklock trade. All right.
1: We are because uh, you know that was uh, I think you know. St- Fairly significant trade that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa made. You're getting rid of one presumed starter and you're bringing in a, a kid again, which we talked about earlier. Pretty disappointing in his first two years with the Houston Texans, but but uh, they are trading for a guy who was the fourth, 40th overall pick in the 2020 draft. And if you read it was his like scouting the reports.
0: Sixth in the second round, somewhere. In there.
1: Yeah you know he's a high high draft pick uh if you read the scouting reports on this guy from coming in uh they were pretty bullish on ross blacklock including Mm -hmm. our own drew bunting (laughs) Mm -hmm. who was you know very very high on this kid especially as a pass rusher um and it just hasn't happened to him happened for him so far the first two years in the texans but they brought him. You know, he gets traded to the Vikings. The the Quasi Do uh, has got a. They got a bit of a Texas Christian University, a TCU thing going on here now. If <laughs> you got Rager, Blacklock, and Austin Schlotman, I believe is also from TCU. But uh, but um, yeah, if uh, with Blacklock, he's right now he's listed as the starter opposite Dalvin Thompson on the Minnesota Vikings depth chart on their website. Um,
0: no, he isn't. But I I, I believe I saw that. Um, oh, I think it's Bullard. Here, let me go. Team. Step chart. Defense. Make a liar is, out of me Yep. Uh nope, Jonathan Bullard is the starter. Listed as official. Ah. Well, hey, I make mistakes all the time, but uh, yeah. still don't. Just ask don't- your wife.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of other people at work, but uh, so. But don't let that stop you from watching the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think with him being traded and, and the fact that he was he's a former second round draft pick, you know the the assumption was that he would be in the mix. Well, he is in the mix as a he starter at mix. defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, is he going to be the starter? Really? Again, Jonathan Bullard, as you pointed out is listed as a starter on the depth chart. That's not going to excite a whole lot of Viking fans. It doesn't really excite me. But uh, if, uh, you know, Bullard is a guy who he knows, he was with at Donatel for three years in Chicago, along with Vic Fania. So a lot of familiarity there with Jonathan Bullard. Uh, He knows that 3-4 system very well. He's comfortable playing in the 3-4 system as a defensive end. Uh, He's, even though he won't give you much as a pass rusher, uh, he's, generally considered a pretty strong run defender again I believe that that's one of the main one of the main things that uh, Donatell values out of his de- defensive ends in the three four that they can set an edge that they can defend against the run and allow the linebackers to rush the passer and uh, so um I think that you know even, but Bullard is listed as the starter now and he may end up being the starter week one but I think uh, one thing that Will, Re- Will Raggett, uh, with Sports Illustrated, mentioned when he was breaking down the the, the tr- two trades that Quasi Adolfo Mensa made this week is that the Vikings, he feels the Vikings and Ed Donatel really like what they have in now with Blacklock, Bullard, and James Lynch at the defensive end, and that. You'll probably see, even though Bullard right now is the starter, that they'll mix and match those guys and play them in at, on downs and in situations that really match their talents and their strengths, which is a smart thing to do. So Jonathan, Jonathan Bullard might be the starter, and that doesn't excite us, but it's not like he's going to be playing 70% of the defensive snaps. It might end up being like around 40%. Uh, if that, no, and, even yeah. if
0: that, it's, no, it, th- those numbers would be high. I would say, and this is where I'm going to get into it, a defensive end and a 3-4 is responsible to hold the edge, hold contain on the way to the quarterback, right? That's his whole responsibility. Do not let people outside of him. Um, if they do get outside, say a back's going out that way, they transition with them. But the whole idea is to keep contain on the way to the quarterback. If in the running game, a defensive end's first looks are they step into the guy that's across from the most likely blocker. That's their first step, right? Is he coming down on me? Where's he putting his helmet? Because wherever the helmet goes, if he's going across, that means he needs to put, you need to push through the helmet. It's the easiest rule to give it. Push through the helmet, the ball is going on that side, right? Is the easiest way. If he comes up, if Bullard is sitting there and looking at, he's in the base, and he's looking. All right, how am I being blocked? And it's it's real simple to tell. Are you being blocked for a run block? Are you being run blocked? You know, is the guy in front of you setting back for pass blocking? And you can go from there. But it's always go through the helmet because that's where the ball is unless you see the other rules. If you see somebody goes across your face in the way of a running back, receiver, quarterback, whatever, right? And then you go with them. But those are the rules. You do that. And in a 3-4, you want to take up that guy so that the linebackers, right, behind you can fill in the gaps and stop anything that goes, Great. If the running back's coming towards you and you've got the tackle right there, you're on the tackle and you got him, you can shed and tackle the running back. That's great. That's you know good against the run. You want to be able to tackle. You want to be able to stop the run. You want to be able to push when the when the offensive line shoots at you, you want to be able to nullify that and hopefully push back. And then you're manipulating whoever's blocking you to go through to get to the where the ball's at. That is the responsibility of a defensive end in a 3-4 Ed Donatell style defense. So, knowing that, let's look at how these guys do. Last year we have Armand Watts, our cut individual. His scores last year. The one I want you to focus on is that second one down. That forty-five point one against the rush, right? You yep. look at the seventy-point nine against pass uh, pass rush. That's very, very good. Um, but against the rush, he was forty-five point one. Does he fit since he comes from a four-three style where rules are similar? Um, was he good against the run in twenty twenty-one? He wasn't as good as we'd hope. is not good. Now, everybody can quibble about, well, it's PFF. PFF doesn't know what they're talking about, et cetera. But they're the only ones that grade individually, and it's the only ones we have for reference. But remember that. 45.1.
1: We also know that. know uh, no. I just want to say we also know that the Vikings were horrible against the run uh, last year. So yes, even if Armand Watts, Armand Watts, wasn't the wasn't the the only culprit, on um, in that he was one of the culprits. Okay. <laughs> and and this and this grade uh, corroborates that I believe yep. to a degree.
0: So keep that in mind. We're talking about rush defense in particular. Well, look now. Look at Blacklock's grade. All right. His overall grade is not great at all. Um, And his run defense is even worse. It's 39. That's bad. Okay, that's really, really bad. Where he does excel is in the pass rush. Now, one of the things that is good about him is that he's a a high second-round pick. He has potential. He has pedigree, whereas Armand Watts did not. Armand Watts was, what, a sixth, seventh rounder, right? Sixth rounder. That developed absolutely beautifully. Drew, I bet you were. All right. But looking here, we can see 39 against the rush, 66.4 against the pass. Now we'll go to Bullard. Bullard, who is presently listed as the starting defensive end, opposite of Dalvin Tomlinson, has a run defense grade of 58.9. Is that good? No. Is it a lot better than the other two? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, his pass rush grade is only a 56.7, which is not good at all either, but he makes up for that in his rush. Great. When are we going? Very to, consistent grades yeah, overall there. When are we going to have the full five man front? The three, you know, your defensive end, defensive tackle, defensive end, and the two outside linebackers. When are we going to have them on the field most of the time? This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay.
1: Just go to fritoletsnacket.sbnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes Six Ends four three twenty twenty three. Void
0: where there Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of fifty two coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fritoletsnacket.sbnation.com. First down, an obvious run uh, downs, which generally is first down, right? And uh, against obvious runs, the best defensive end by last year's grades. Now, we're under a new system, right? We're under the Donatel system, but the obvious best grades and against the run favor Bullard. This is where Bullard makes the case to be the starter. Now, in the Ed Donatel system, we're going to be, you know, we have that uh, illusion of complexity and all that wonderful buzzwords, in obvious pass downs, do you think we're going to run a five man front? Well, no, of course not. Bullard, Bullard won't be there when, when <laughs> at he won't be there. And if we need another defensive tackle there, they're going to bring in Blacklock because he's good at that, right? Yeah. Um, but they're going to pull one of those guys off, and in obvious pass downs, it's going to be Blacklock, or if it's or neither of them, and they're going to have a nickel in, or three safeties, or whatever it is. But they're going to pull those guys. I think that they're going to be used in a rotational basis where if it's run, we're going to see Bullard. If it's pass, we're going to see Blacklock. And I think what they're trying to do is cover... If you could merge those two guys together, you'd have a very adequate guy opposite Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson, by far is a very, very good defensive end in this league under the 3-5 system, three technique under the 4-3. He's very, very good. But if you merge Bullard and Blacklock together, I think you have that other guy that is adequate, decent, and could fulfill what they're trying to do on this defense. That's why I see this move made because Bullard has a better run stopping capability than even Armand Watts did. I think that's why it made this move possible. That's my assumption on this.
1: What, one of the things that look when you're talking about the, the defensive end position opposite Dalvin Tomlinson and who's there, one, one thing that seems pretty clear right now, unless Blacklock really uh, like takes a huge step in his play this year is that, uh, I think you consider, uh, de- uh, defensive end, uh, pretty early, uh, draft, uh, selection for the Vikings yes, in uh, the 2020, in the 2023 draft. I, I think that uh, there was a, uh, there was a mention there. I think Thomas mentioned it about, uh, you know, would like to pick up Sheldon Richardson. Um, I, Sheldon Richardson's, um, uh, You know, uh, he's unemployed right now, and that seems a bit odd because I thought he played pretty well last year. But the chances of the Vikings picking him up, I think, are less than 0%. It's possible,
0: but like I said, we're this close to the cap.
1: Yeah. And uh, again, he's another guy that may not be a very good fit for the 3 4 because he's, uh, you know, he was last year, he was a bit on the. I don't know. I was a bit surprised by how light he looked on the, on the mm-hmm. field, really. Uh, so, is he stout enough to, to set the edge and play the in the three four? Ned Donatel's uh, and again, like you say, with our slim cap number, would he play for the the amount of uh, salary that we could afford? Probably not. Um,
0: but yeah, I suspect, and it was stated by one of our viewers earlier. Thank you. That if they do pick up another defensive end five technique tackle type deal. It will be after week one when the vested veteran clause out of the contracts disappears. So the,
1: uh, it's a bit of a bit of a here, right? David for Vikings fans. Like we're going to have to start looking at uh, like what, this coaching staff in a three, four is looking for in a defensive end. It's a lot different. It's different than what than what they've been threes. looking for. Like uh, we've been in a, we were in a four, three for so long. Uh, you know, it was, so what, what you're what the Vikings were looking for from their defensive ends under Mike Zimmer uh, when Denny Green was here. Uh, even if you go back to Floyd Peters in the, in the, you know, mid to late eighties, uh, what they were, you know, it, in the four-three, of course, the defensive ends are expected to rush the passer. That's really, you know, job one A. They're the one, one yeah. that. They're the one that are getting. They're the guys that are getting most of the sacks. When the three four, it's the outside linebackers that do that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to get adjusted to, and get re- used to the new reality of what a defensive end in this Viking system, uh, what it does, what they do, and the kind of things that Ed Donatel and Kwesi Dovamensa will need are looking for from those defensive ends. It's a lot different than than what, again, what uh,
0: we're used to. Mm-hmm. Agree wholeheartedly. That brings us to the favorite part of the show: talking beer, Lake Monster Brewery.
1: Yes, beer.
0: <laughs> uh, this week, on tap or in pints and cans, Lake Monster Brewery added Last Fathom, and I know that's small. I should have made that larger. And uh, Ted, I want lots of Sackles too, but I also want a Last Fathom. It is a Munich-style dunkel beer, but what is added to the mash is wild rice. Not just wild rice, but wild rice from Minnesota. It's one of us, right? And I, And I asked Matt Lang quite a while ago, if he'd done beers with using wild rice and he said he had, it's expensive because wild rice is expensive, but you use it in a mash. It's one of the grains and uh, he's brought it back, right? Just for me, I'm uh, I'm assuming I'm taking that as as well. I hope he sends me some because I want to try it. But it, it it darkens the beer a bit. It gives it a, more of a sort of a nutty sort of flavor, and for a, um, you know, a nice beer, that's got to be interesting. and It's got to be absolutely fantastic. And I love it. It's one of us. The rice comes from Minnesota to help make the beer. You got to try it. At Lake Monster Brewing over in St. Paul, right, it's easy to find right across the river from Minnesota. You can get it at all your local places where they sell beer. And the Vikings viewing area. But you go over there and you have a great time. Good people. And even at Lake Monster this week, previewing it early for uh Vikings Happy Hour, Matthew, Matt and Ryan will be at Lake Monster doing the show live, talking smack to Packers fans that happen to walk in the building. So not only great beer. You can get your Packer smack talk on at Lake Monster Brewing.
1: Dave Ted Ted was giving you the gears about the Bean Sprout IPA too.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> pipping wildlife, bean sprout. Uh, if it is bean sprout, yeah, could be. I bet it would be good, Ted. I bet it'd be absolutely outstanding. And uh, last reminder: if you're up in uh, Canada, Orleans, Canada, in the area. Eastside Jiu-Jitsu is now open for all your uh, private uh, jiu-jitsu needs. (laughs) Jiu-jitsu needs, and you know, just health. I mean, yoga and all such like that. They got women's only classes. They got classes for kids, etc., etc. Get your get your downward downward dog going. (laughs) Yep, that's right. On this theme three. This is the one we named the show after. How do you like him now,
1: Quasi Adolfa Mensa David? Yes. Uh, when, if you all remember back to January, when the Vikings, uh, you know, the Wolves hired Quasi Adolfa Mensa as our new general manager, I think there was a lot of excitement. Uh, at least it was for me about the hire. You know, here was a young really smart guy you know the wall street dude dude, he was a trader uh uses analytics to help him make decisions football decisions uh he was a fresh face and going to bring a fresh new approach to the vikings and how the team was run compared to how it had been run by rick spielman for the past 16 years and uh you know lots of excitement right and Mm -hmm. and so now uh he's crazy dova is overseeing the selection of a new head coach. He went through the free agency season uh, season and selected, you know, went through that, went through his first draft where he was in charge, uh, and and now he's gotten through training camp and selecting the final 53 for the Vikings for 2022. And so, you know, again, like. How do you like him now, right? most a lot of people liked him a lot in January. Do you like him? Still like him in, in September? Uh, do you think that he's? Are you worried about what he's done? Are you and happy he's with what tr- he's
0: done? He's made a yeah. tremendous amount of moves in this period, getting the roster to where it is. Well, you know, we've had multiple trades, multiple cuts. You know, beyond what was expected. Um, all of that came. And it's almost like he's an alpha marking his territory. It was Rick Spielman. Now, Kweisi's full end of putting his stamp on this team. It's his. It is his. And, uh, you know,
1: with Kweisi Adolfo uh, there was, again, we talked about early uh, about the – you know the two big surprises when Armand Watts was was cut, waived. Uh, some Viking fans were. I was puzzled and not upset, but I was puzzled and you know why? I, I don't know. That that doesn't that doesn't make really a complete a sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, and and then. When the Amir Smith-Marissette move went down, uh, you know, they're trading Jalen Rager for a couple of draft picks, including a conditional fourth in a couple of years. It could end up being a fifth if Rager doesn't meet certain requirements, which we don't know what those are, but, uh, uh, you know, again, more, a bit more puzzlement. And even some people, Viking fans, quite upset with with this move. Uh, And so, uh, you know, but and and when particularly when the the Amir Smith Marset uh, move was made, I don't know if I was upset, but again I was puzzled and I didn't really like the move. But um, when these moves are made, Dave, I think it's always a good idea instead of don't go on Twitter and react right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it for a day or so, let it ruminate, look at different views, and then come back and and see what you really think. And I think after a day of looking at it, and considering the pros and cons. Um, you know, uh, I think that you, you look at what Kwesi Adova-Mensa did, uh, Armand Watts getting uh, waived. Yeah, he was a player that looked like he had more to give. Mm-hmm. could be impro- He was improving. Uh, he was young and still pretty cheap, at least for this year. But if you consider, and he was going to, we, we did believe he was going to be one of the starting defensive ends, so one of the starting 11. But if you, if you look at the Vikings' defense right now, David, you can chime in on this too, is like, uh, where would you is he a more important player than Daniel Hunter? No. Eric no. Kendricks? No. Dalvin Tomlinson? No. Harrison Phillips? No. Uh, Jordan Hicks? No. Hitman Smith? No. Cameron Dansler? No. Um, you know, I would say he'd be the eighth slash ninth most you know, even Patrick Peterson. He might be the eighth, ninth, tenth most important player on, the on defense. that defense. Yeah. On that defense. And just by He's position, not a guy,
0: because you care more yeah. about the linebackers, the secondary the especially the outside linebackers, and then if you've got two really good guys, which we do, Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, there's an argument to make him the the eleventh most cared yeah. about player. So I don't think he's a guy that he's uh, he's not he's not a guy that you
1: cannot the Vikings defense cannot live without. So. Again, a surprise, but when you look at it in that context, uh, should we be like, you know, wailing? There should there may be much wailing and gnashing of teeth over Armand Watts getting cut. I don't think so. They, again, the Amir Smith uh waving and the trading for Jalen Rager. Okay, uh, again, I liked the, Amir Smith Marissette's development in the past twelve months. I think that he looked, you know, looked good in preseason, but uh again like god damn it people like he had five catches last year <laughs> five a, a lot of the time he wasn't even dressed and he was going to be a right. starting punt returner and he wasn't and he, and he wasn't even very good at, at i i had no confidence in him as a punt returner and when we traded jane on rager that basically took him out as the punt returner uh, and i know rager has been a disappointment in philly but he has 64 catches in two seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but uh, he's but the catches on Amir Smith's side, the catches were good. He had a 14.5, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. something like that, 14.9 yards uh, per catch, whereas Rager's nowhere close to that. Um, but,
1: but it's such it's a small sample only, size. It's, it's, it's such nice a stats. small
0: sample size in such limited time. And you're looking at – One of the things that GMs as a whole, but we're looking is already indicating that Kwesi is doing is they go for that higher pedigree, right? First rounders always have a greater lifespan in the NFL, even if they wash out with their first team, because they were a first rounder. They got to be good, right? The whole idea, he's a high and uh, Rager was a first rounder, right? So the, the perception that there's higher potential, they always go with that. And numbers-wise, it always works out that way, that they do do better, right? That there is a better chance than the guy that was taken in the late rounds, even though there's some late-round guys that turn out to be fantastic, Stefan Diggs, for one, right? Yep. But there are, in the long run, when you do the numbers, the bet always goes with the guys drafted higher. That's why Rager has more of a potential at being better over the long run compared to the entire league, history of the league, all that, than Emir Marset does. That also goes the same with Blacklock. When we talk about Blacklock being, you know, traded for, he's that just, you know, barely into the second round guy versus Armand Watts, who's done it from the sixth round. Yeah,
1: and I think that with Jalen Rager, yeah, we traded two draft picks to get him. Uh, one is a seventh, which that seventh rounders seven rounders hardly ever make the team anyway. Right. So, you know, that's not a huge loss of draft capital there. The conditional fourth could be, but, uh, but still, if Jalen Rager, he was picked in the first round for a reason. Heading into that draft, he was considered one of the top wide receivers in there. He hasn't met met to expectations obviously in Philly, but that doesn't mean I think it's a good gamble to trade what we did to get Jalen Rager in there. It, there's a much better chance of him developing and getting better and being the kind of player that people thought he would be than I think Amir Smith Marset turning into like the next Stefan Diggs. Uh, I, I think and I think it's a reasonable gamble. And uh, Jalen Rager, yeah, he's had some drop issues, but as a punt returner, he had he punted he returned thirty one punts last year. He in his rookie season, he returned a punt for a touchdown. So he's got right. ability even in that role. Which Amir Smith said just he just didn't look natural catching punts, returning punts, doing any of those things. So I, you know, I think getting Jalen Rager for the price that we did, it, you know, getting to work under Keenan McCardell, who's really seemed to really improve every guy that's been under his charge with the Vikings in the past year, that could unlock Jalen Rager's talents. And also, I some people might think it a little bit. Might not agree with me, but I think that Rager getting out of Philly and all the thing. Oh, you got picked before Justin Jefferson. You're a bum. Blah 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 blah. Now he's in Minnesota. He doesn't have that pressure. He's like the fifth wide, res- you know, the fourth wide receiver right now. Uh, and if somebody gets like if KJ Osborne gets hurt, if Adam Thielen were to get hurt, and you got to move the the depth chart moves up one mm-hmm. spot. You know, I feel pretty good about Jayla Rager potentially being your number three wide receiver. Uh, if Osborne or Thielen were to get her out for a couple of games, then I would be if Amir Smith-Marset was that guy. Uh, so, you know, I just, I, I think that the Rager move was in cutting Amir Smith-Marset. Again, I don't think it's, I think it's a good swap. Uh, it may not work out, but it may very well work out. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why people are so upset about that. Uh, and all the other moves that were made in the 53, like cutting Blake Lynch and Kellen Mond and all, all of that stuff. Kwasi Adolfo did not, even Armand Watts and Amir smith Marcel, none of those guys are core guys, right? Right. They're not studs. They're not studs. Kwasi Adolfo is not cut, you know, he's not gotten and traded away to Neil Hunter. He has not uh, waived you know uh uh brian O'Neill, uh the 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 top guys are still there they're going to be playing, and this roster really is uh you know the the starting twenty two look pretty good, so yes they do. Uh, you know, I think that if people think that Queesia Mensa is a big dope and uh, you know, they're they're worried about him, I think let's hey, hold off on that stuff, hold off on the hot takes, let's let's see how things play out this year and next year too. But you know, I I don't know. I don't think it's really that you shouldn't really be getting all that upset about Emir Smith Marset and Armand Watts
0: getting waived and not on the team anymore. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think When I titled this, you know, show, What Do You Think About Quasi Now? We got a big reaction off of Daily Norseman's Facebook page, which I love. I purposely named it this because it is drawing some reaction. What do you think? He's made some moves. They seem unconventional. ton of normal moves. A A few surprises. But it's... As a lot of the responses was it's too early to tell. I think it's I think it's a good thing because he's not taken from you know super important players to uh whether it be any of our, you know, Daniil Hunter or whoever, he's taken the guys that are on the edges. And even Armand Watts. We talk about he may be the eleventh most important person on that defensive group. And that's if you don't count the nickel back. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not that big a deal. I don't think he gave up that much in trades. Rager's the most, but Rager also has the most upside. So I I think I think we're surprised because we're not used to this. I think it's the big deal. Um I'm curious overall, what you think? How did this Getting to the you know the final roster, the fifty three plus the practice squad. Was it a surprise? Um,
1: Really, it was just those two guys, David. Really, that again. That uh, well, and then I think Amir Smith Marset again. Armand Watts would be the biggest surprise, and Amir Smith Marset a slighter surprise. Otherwise, again, everybody on. Like in the top part of the roster, we all knew they were all those guys are making the team, mm-hmm. and you also know that most of the draft picks that are picked this year are going to make the team. Yeah. <laughs> that always happens with every team. Uh, you know, if you if you start, you know, again cutting five of your eight draft picks from this draft, uh, uh, you your that GM is not going to be employed any longer. I don't think so. No, no big surprises, and I think that the. You know, I'd, I'm happy with how Quacy Mensah has run things so far, considering the cap situation we were in. And you know, if, if you look at it, was there really? Yeah, people wanted it, everything to get blown up. But if you look at a lot of the players that we have, why would you blow it up? Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. If you if you better coaching and a little bit maybe better years from a couple of players, and your eight nine season suddenly you're eleven and. And you know, eleven and six. Right. So, and in the playoffs and fighting for an NFC Championship game, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not turn out that way. With football's football, you can. There's no guarantees, but uh, I'm not alarmed by really anything that Quisio Dovalmenza has done thus far as our GM. Uh, again, depth is skimpy mm-hmm. in some. On some spots, but I think you could look at all the other thirty-one teams in the NFL and pick three or four different units and say, "Hey, uh boy, we don't, they don't—they don't have much depth there." So I don't think we're any worse on the depth end than most teams in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to highlight uh one of the best—I should say one of the best—one a very good comment here by Brian. Brian says, "Was surprised to see five running backs and five wide receivers." You know, the more traditional would be four running backs and six wide receivers. Think of it this way, since we're talking about Kwesi. Out of all, out of the players he kept, right? The players he drafted and the players he kept, whether it be, um, we're looking at the running backs, right? Ty Chandler. Obviously, he's making the team. We know that because he's had such a good preseason. He's run. He runs so well, right? And he can see things open. He can change directions. It is so good. You got to keep him. Well, Kenny Noongo is going to be there no matter what. Alexander Madison is there, even though they entertain trade offers. They didn't get one high enough that they liked. And Dalvin Cook, obviously, is Dalvin Cook, and he's our starter, and he's an outstanding running back. But if you look at what he drafted and traded for and everything else, if you look in the future, if you get rid of Dalvin because of cap issues next year, Ty Chandler looks to take his place, even above Nuangu, right? Uh, Kenny will always have a place, maybe the backup, whatever. But you're looking at Ty Chandler. Next year, um, if Harrison Smith unfortunately has to be let go because of his age and he fell off a cliff this year, you have Lewis Seen taking his place, right? Um, and if you go through the draft choices and the folks we traded for, they all are replacements. That step into place next year, right? He's looking towards the future. Everything fits, even down to the punter, right? And number sixty-six, Mister Wright. Oh, no, I wish he could not for long. Not, yeah, for long. not for long. Yeah, he's going to be wearing number fourteen. I wish they would have <laughs> petitioned to keep the sixty-six. He should have been. Um. But all that, if you look at every single one and then go, how does this apply to the future, you've got, you know, Asamoah that may replace um, Kendricks, Seen that may replace Harrison Smith, you have Ty Chandler that may replace Dalvin Cook, right? You've got everybody there that can replace up into a quarterback, you don't have that uh, backup quarterback yet, but um, it all fits that not only is it for this year to stay competitive, it's also for next year and the year after to build up these guys that are going to be aging out because they're literally they're coming to the ends of their careers. So this year you keep these the older vets that are absolutely good and legends and Vikings land, right, like Harrison Smith, But you make them possibly expendable in the future. Same goes for Adam Thielen. However, Adam Thielen will be with us next year because of this contract. Um, But two years down the road, he may not be. And all this looks, if you look at it in that scope, you can see what Kwesi has been doing. And I think it's outstanding because he's not doing it for just now. He's doing it with long-term vision unlike what I think some of the moves that Rick Spielman made. So I give my Chris my hat off to him, and uh, I think it's good so far. So we'll see how it plays out, but I think it is great to see what he's done so far. And, folks, that ra- wraps up the three themes. That wraps up the show for today. We appreciate you watching. We sure do. Yep. And remember, next week, next weekend, is the first official pregame of the regular season. And Darren and I will be talking about the Green Bay Packers. That team from Wisconsin with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best Hall of Fame bound, who likes to eat mushrooms and other sort of things and date. You know, women that call themselves witches and all sorts of weird things that he's gotten into, getting weird tattoos and everything else. It should be fun. Any last words there, buddy? (laughs) Just like you, I want to thank everybody for
1: tuning in today, everybody for tuning in uh, all off season in the summer and the slow, low stuff. A lot of the same people, a lot of repeat watchers here, uh, which I love. And uh, I'm hoping, I know that Saturday, David, is college football day for a lot of people Mm -hmm. they're watching their alma maters or their favorite teams and so i'm hoping that they will take a little bit of time out of their college football day to continue to watch this show on saturdays uh, because we'll be here every saturday um, talking about the vikings uh, what happened during the week and looking at the game coming up on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whenever that might be. So I'm just hoping that we continue to keep up the strong viewership we've had. And again, thank everybody a hundred million times for somehow thinking it's worthwhile hour to, (laughs) to watch me talk. Two old guys talk about
0: Vikings football.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm one of them. (laughs) So so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody.
0: Over two decades of experience talking publicly about this team. So hey, what more punishment can you deal out? We're we try we're positive. We think the Vikings are gonna have a good season, even though I might joke about eight, eight, and one, but we think they have the potential to win the North easily and go far in the playoffs. So I wouldn't say easily, but potential to well, win it, yes. I think it's easier than you think. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe if, if Maybe if Rogers roll, says, "Oh, you're not that old." No, we are not ancient, but uh, we're up there. And,
1: uh, and maybe if Rogers is, you know, what he should do is take some magic mushrooms before the game on Sunday. And that's uh, a great yeah. idea. Yeah, that's I think that's an, an excellent idea. idea for him. If he's seeing like having Thanks hallucinations on the field and having
0: visions, could uh-huh. be good for us. Thomas says, been a fan since 69. That's when I saw my first game. Um, Already. Thomas older than he looks. Uh-huh. So, what do we always say? We always say, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings, and thanks for watching. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody.